this scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on July 23, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. According to St. Matthew, uh, chapter 13. And this is the basis for the uh, sermon today, too. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would also up root the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Let's pray. Lord, sanctify us in the truth, for your word is truth and indeed makes us holy. Amen. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, winter's really set in, and as David said, uh, so have the winter weeds. Um, and if you, as the summer leaves, you know, fallen off your garden, as the rose uh, petals and, and uh, leaves have fallen, you can see what's left behind, those wretched sow sobs along with other things. So it's time, and you will be, uh, you who are gardeners, for pulling and cultivating and spraying. Now, grain growers will be doing the same. Um, you can't be a successful father, a farmer without um, inevitable weed control. You have to attend to the weeds. Uncontrolled Weeds reduce yields, contaminate the harvest in the end, and of course that affects the bottom line because your grain uh, is not of sufficient quality. So weed controls a necessary task in growing grain. 
Now, as a boy uh, on a Wimmera farm, a teenager, I spent hours and hours following paddocks uh, before sowing back then to get rid of the germinating weeds after the rains had come. Well, now they pull huge boom sprays and employ licensed agronomists to say what chemicals to use, um, how much to use and when to apply it. But hand weeding, hand weeding a crop of wheat, well, would you believe I've done that too? Um, once upon a very long time ago, for a year, I worked on a certified seed farm, which produced grain with a 99.99% purity guarantee, weed-free guarantee. And that meant a line of men, me included, walking through the growing crop to manually pull out weeds which other methods had failed to restrict. So I certainly feel a certain affinity with this parable of Jesus. And with the farmhand's astonishment at so many weeds when only the purest of seed had been sown. And their eagerness then to root out every last weed that they could before those wretched pests did any more damage. But um, Jesus makes it clear there's no weeding. No weeding in the kingdom of heaven. No weeding in all that he came to establish when he left his weed-free heavenly home and took on weedy human flesh made of the dust of uh, the earth that we all share. Jesus lets the weeds grow in this new community of his. Our divine agronomist, not even rooting out the devil, notice, as Satan deliberately and maliciously spreads evil seed all over the show. Not out in the daylight, but under the cover of night when everyone else is sleeping. Marvellously depicted in this altar screen, 16th century panel by Heinrich Fulmarer, just after the, the Reformation got going. And you look at that. Uh, the devil there is not even pictured as a person, but as a sort of like a distorted chook. <laughs> and if you can pick it up in the distance on the left, uh, there's the church officials sleeping, because it is night, except for the mother on the right-hand side uh, who's tending the baby that's woken in the middle of the night, <laughs> telling you it's the middle of the night. So the world and even the church have both good plants and bad growing side by side. And Jesus says, leave it that way. Leave it that way. No weeding allowed. Yet we struggle with this, don't we? We have this urge to weed, especially when we see the pests quite clearly and the damage they do. Rip them out, we say, for the sake of the kingdom. But there are real problems with these instincts that we have, and even more when we act on them. For a start, is our sight really all that good? And I love the way David uh, challenged the children and us all to, to, fit, to work out whether we really can see uh, properly what's a weed and what isn't. Are we expert agronomists ourselves? It's a plain fact that a strong streak of self-righteousness runs through us all, and with it, judgmentalism, 
and blame of others. You know, go right back to the beginning. Adam said to God, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit. And of course, Eve, Eve said, the serpent deceived me. We're adept at seeing the speck in the eye of the other, but not the log in our own eye. And in fact, Adam and Eve's eyesight problems um, came even earlier that, than their buck passing when we're told that they saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, pleasing to the eye. But the thing is that eyes only see what's on the surface. Eyes only see surface things. They don't penetrate into inside to understand and appreciate the whole story, something that only God can do. Only God can do that. Remember what God said to um, Samuel when Samuel was working his way through the sons of Jesse to see whom God had chosen as Israel's next king. God said, man looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart and only the Lord can. But there's more in Jesus' parable with its command, no weeding. In contrast to us, it seems that the Lord's quite comfortable letting weeds grow in his crop. Yes, the seed he sowed was absolutely pure, not 99.99%, but absolutely pure. And yes, the weeds will be a challenge for the rest of the crop, but the parable shows that the Lord will sort all that out at the proper time. At the proper time, which is harvest time, and not before. The biggest danger now is the destruction that his servants might do when they see the weeds. Rooting up the wheat, the good wheat, the farmer wants with the weeds. That's the danger. And the farmer's enemy knows this too because all he has to do is sow weeds and then leave. Sow the seed and then leave. He doesn't bother messing with the good seed and he doesn't come back later after the crop has germinated to mess with it either. All he has to do is leave it to the farmhands to do that for him in their eagerness for the purity of the kingdom. So Jesus is saying in this parable that we are the danger to his kingdom. Now let's let that sink in a bit more. We, his people, are dangerous to Jesus' saving work. We can do incredible damage to others' faith and even our own by a zealous response to sin and misbelief. Inquisitions nearly always end badly. Now, we've already acknowledged the problem of our sight in our rush to judgment, yet we keep thinking the problem's primarily out there, primarily out there. It was uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn who, after long meditation on the wicked and unjust and cruel Soviet prison system, in light of his own early years in the Soviet army, who concluded, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. 
And who's willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? And well before Solzhenitsyn, actually St Paul. It was St Paul who, quoting the Psalms, confessed in Romans 3, there's no one who does good, no, not one. And then, of course, he goes on to lament this, even in his redeemed state as a child of God, when in Romans 7 he says, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what's good, but I cannot carry it out. So I find this law at work, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me, with me. Indeed, it's this struggle that Paul uh, spoke more about in the second reading today, you might remember, in terms of the contrast between the sinful nature and life in the spirit. Now, Jesus says all this in the gospel today when he commands his servants, no weeding, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. If we did a proper job of rooting out sin and evil and unbelief, we'd need to destroy our own hearts, as well as the hearts of all whom Jesus set out to save, which, remember, is the whole world into which he sows his seeds. So where's our hope then, and what are we to do? Is God indifferent to sin and the suffering it causes? Weeds are still weeds, many of them poisonous and all of them damaging. Isn't the Lord's enterprise about growing good and life-giving wheat rather than a crop of evil weeds? What's the answer to the puzzle? Well, the answer, as always, is Jesus Christ and him crucified. My greeting to Sue last Sunday. Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's not that sin and the suffering it causes don't matter to God. Indeed, they matter so much, so much, and are so pervasive that God's provided a different answer for us poor, miserable sinners. God's answer is to himself enter the self-righteous, judgmental, cruel, scapegoating, blind, blaming, hypocritical, idolatrous, murderous human race. And as the only pure wheat there's ever been, let it root him out and burn him up in the fire of the cross. God's answer is to let sinful humanity, in zeal for its own brand of perfection and in its rush to blind judgment, completely cancel holy Jesus and then in unfathomable love and forgiveness say no more weeding please let both grow together until a harvest indeed interestingly that word let let them both grow is the same word used frequently for forgiveness forgive Forgive whatever you think are the weeds until the harvest, when I'll sort them out uh, once and for all. Then, and only then, will everything impure, Jesus says, everything that causes sin and all who do evil, be finally finished with and completely destroyed. Then, ending the struggle that St Paul speaks about and the divided heart that Solzhenitsyn testifies to. 
when after our own and necessary death to destroy the weeds that we are and the weed seeds that we carry, God will raise us up to perfect life, the perfect life of Christ in his new creation, a pure harvest then uh, for the Lord at last. See, God's about destroying to make completely new, not renovating or weeding. The sinner's prayer is, create, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. And because this is all made possible by Jesus from God's point of view, judgment on sin and every form of evil has already happened. It already happened there in Jesus on the cross. And the new creation has already begun in his resurrection from the dead, his glorious resurrection. Now we wait for that newness, that new world to be revealed in everyone and everything else. A waiting that St Paul rightly says is full of hope and necessary patience because of course it lies in the future. So in the meantime, what do we do? Well, we serve our Lord our Lord's farming kingdom, not by pulling weeds, but by sowing wheat, by sowing the good seed of this saving gospel and glorying in the wonder of a Lord who by forgiving grace lets both weed and wheat grow together for now. Glorying that he plants his good seed in rotten soil like Jacob, whom he appeared to in that dream in the first reading, who just stolen his brother's rightful blessing by deceit and was fleeing for his life when the Lord appeared to him with his promises. And in soil like murderous Saul, don't forget, who became the Apostle Paul. Saul the murderer, Paul the murderer. And yes, in you and in me. Thanks be to God. Amen. So the peace of God given in this gospel, keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus, our crucified and risen Lord.